0: Welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast, coming to you wherever you may be, however you may be listening, man. We definitely appreciate y'all for checking us out. Once again, the crew is back in full effect. Of course, I am Josh Midget, along with me the Deliberation Sports crew, Justice Bolden and Evan DeVoe. Got a lot of stuff to get to on this edition, man. NBA playoffs, basketball recruiting, all sorts of things, man, we're going to get into on this edition, so y'all stay tuned, keep it locked, keep it tuned in as we always do. We definitely appreciate it, man. But before we dive on into it, man, we're going to let Justice let the people know how they can follow all things deliberation.
1: They can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1, uh, Instagram, Facebook at Deliberation Sports Community. Also, we have the Deliberation Sports uh, podcast, Facebook page as well. Yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir.
1: And then and then to subscribe, uh, they can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and Anchor
0: Podcast. That's it, that's it. Just look for deliberations. That's it, man. Y'all check it out. Subscribe. Follow. Do all the things you need to do there. And keep up with the podcast and the crew. So, man, so much going on. The NBA playoffs are live and in full effect. And that's what we're going to get into first. Uh, right in the middle of the first round, there's only one series that's officially open. Uh, as of right now, so we're want to talk about a lot of this stuff, man. Um, but, you know, and before we get into it for a minute, I'm just asked ask this question off the top, because this is the first playoffs in I don't know how long without LeBron James in the playoffs. Now, you know, I've heard some things about the ratings and everything, but actually watching them, I don't think it's been bad. Um, It seems like you got a lot of other storylines developing with these teams, and I don't think you're missing really too much at all. But how do you guys feel about the playoffs uh, without uh, King James in the fold? Is it more interesting, less interesting, or does it not matter? I'm going to start with uh, Evan on that, man. What do you think?
2: Give it to Justice first, and then you go, and then I'm going to go, because I know this girl.
1: This girl.
0: Yeah, I I got a feeling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, see, I'm not even going to go where you thought I was going to go, Okay. Without LeBron, I think things are different primarily because uh, for the past 20-plus years, there's usually been a superstar uh, who was a clear best player in the NBA playing in the playoffs. And uh, this year it's not – you know, before before LeBron, it was Kobe Bryant. And then I think LeBron kind of – you know, Kobe passed the torch to LeBron. Without either of those guys in the playoffs, uh, we're still searching for that can't-miss guy, that can't-miss superstar. I mean, I think you got some guys, of course, Kevin Durant and, and Steph Curry. But for some reason, I, I look at them a little bit differently, partially because their team is, is so great. Uh, but injuries, uh, whether it was, uh, you know, his teammates, they just get get it done. And he's in the West now, so it's different. And, uh, and as we can see, you know, he's no longer uh, – he missed the playoffs for the first time. And uh, who knows when. I, I feel like it's the first time he's missed playoffs his entire career, at least from what I can remember.
0: Definitely, I think it's at least the first two years, maybe the first year, yeah, something like that. But it, it is kind of weird. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna say my piece every game because I already know he's probably gonna go in on, this, especially what I'm what I'm about to say on this. I don't miss him at all. I don't miss him at all, and I'm gonna tell you why. You you get some new faces on sports Center, on the, the local, or on the sports news, man. Because I'm going to tell you, I get sick of the overkill LeBron coverage that you get. I mean, yeah, I get it. He's good. He's great. Whatever. King James, all that, man. Look, there are other stars, uh, other players in this league. You don't even know about these guys because i are talking about LeBron 24-7. Give me something else. I feel like it's a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? You're getting – you hear about Ben Simmons and Jared Dudley going at it, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, guys like that, James Harden, Chris Paul, Giannis, some people think he's taking over as the best player in the league right now, Kevin Durant, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm just saying, I'm glad to see, you know, LeBron put on the back burner, at least for a year as for us to see some of these other guys, man. I ain't got no problem with it. You know, the king can sit down at the house and chill, you know what I mean, until whatever happens next year with the mess that the Lakers are as an organization. But I'm, I'm happy to see to be kingless in, in these playoffs, man. I think it's fine. Go ahead, E. Go ahead, Go
2: ahead. Well, Josh, uh, you're kind of in the minority uh, because the NBA ratings show that they are down 25%. In this year's playoffs, and mm-hmm. you don't have to you don't have to port nowhere other but the king is at home. And you could say they're in the West Conference final. I mean, in the, he's in the Western Conference and all that. But before injury, that team was well in the playoffs. Uh, but that's what happens when you don't have uh, players that are capable of holding their own. And we saw years before LeBron got there that team just had had too many Rudy Gay. Type of guys, all the potential in the world, but don't got the balls to just take it to the next level. And, and, yeah, and that's what happened. And, and you can say whatever you want to, man, but the numbers show it, that it's true. But I, I think that, you know, we can say all day that the NBA, uh, we see new faces, this and that. The reason why I miss LeBron in these playoffs is because of this. Every series you knew Golden the state. For the last three or four years was going to walk through everybody. You knew it. The only person one time was a team that had LeBron on. Last year, his team got swept, but he showed nobody on Golden State team could hold him. So I think people just at least held on to that hope that maybe LeBron can upset Golden State. Kawhi can't do it. Kawhi can't do it. Giannis can't do it. Mm-hmm. Nobody – he can't. He can't. Don't, don't get it twisted. Even no LeBron won't ever be a LeBron. So, the, the, he's probably, to me, honestly, the best player in the NBA right now. To okay. Me, honestly. But it was a time where when Jordan retired and came back, he wasn't the best player in the NBA, but that player, the best player in the NBA at that time would never be Jordan. So, that doesn't mean nothing. The NBA is down because LeBron is out, but I'm gonna say this: that dude getting a lot of rest. Watch out for next year because they're gonna ask somebody else, and they got a general manager who ain't gonna quit on him like punk ass Magic Johnson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait a minute! But I,
1: I think I think LeBron kind of quit himself. I mean, Father Time yeah. is undefeated. Is what was you talking about? Don't oh, man, don't come, don't don't. How did he quit? Please, please explain. LeBron came back in tank mode. I mean, he 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 wasn't going hard. You can see it out on the court. He, did, he didn't right give it up right. on his teammates. He was all the way healthy. Well, if he's all the way healthy, then it's an excuse to play. I mean, he didn't even need to play if that was the case, if he was going to play 50%. I he mean, might as well but just stayed uh, out and, and just let, him, sure. let him not miss to make the playoffs. I'm going to show you the bias in that because when
2: Kobe came back off a of torn meniscus too early and looked like crap. Everybody was saying, oh, he's fighting through injury. He played with a broken finger. He shot seven of 58. You know, Kobe didn't never make a lot of shots, but he took a lot of them. And, oh, he's just a tough guy. But if LeBron do it, oh, he's going halfway. He shouldn't
1: have came back. Come on, man. But there was a different here. difference in age also. we talking about a Kobe Bryant that was almost
2: – What is the, the difference in age? I mean, Kobe was in his like 16th or 17th year then too. He played like 19 to 20. LeBron had just finished his 16th year. So what w- w- was the
1: difference? They both I mean, came out – The mileage school. was there. Certainly the mileage was there. But they okay, both saying came out, is, out of high if, school, so they were the same age at that time. If, if you're not – th- I think the biggest difference is when Kobe came back, even though he looked bad, he was playing hard. LeBron wasn't playing hard this season. By and large. When he came back from that injury, I, that wasn't the same LeBron James I seen. And so if injuries do that to him, then I, I think we gotta gotta worry what happens if he gets hurt again. Is he gonna not play hard? Because even when Jordan got older, he didn't he you never you never accused him of not playing hard.
2: I think LeBron to win at somebody gal or something on this podcast, man. I don't know because the hate on this man is just it's ridiculous. The man don't go hard now, you questioning his hard. The man, uh, okay. He ain't shit, we know. We can move on. He the, look, worst, he, he the worst superstar to ever be crowned in the NBA. Okay. Okay. I ain't, look,
0: we ain't saying all that. Look, but here's I the did, thing. I didn't say that. No, no. Man, really said. Be, he, he threw the ball off the backboard, man. You know what I mean? He, he threw it off the backboard trying to inbound the ball. He... I, there's so many other instances in games where he's rolling the ball up the court that rolls out of bounds.
2: He's like, oh, my bad. I'm going you know to tell who you, and we're going to get to the playoffs, because this ain't about LeBron. He at home. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm like, Why are we even talking about LeBron? Because Josh brought it up. Because he's, a, you know what, man, my, my guy, Yo Gotti, said this in one of his songs. He was saying, a lot of times your haters are secretly your fans, so they can't keep your name out their mouth. Josh, you secretly a LeBron fan, man. We're going to go to the Oh,
0: man. So, you ain't had to go Yo Gotti on it, man. Another guy calling himself King. You know what I mean? All these little, little connections. It's okay. It's all right, man. We're going to move on. You know what I mean? Because see LeBron <laughs> trying to steal the spotlight on this show. I ain't going to let it now, All right. So, Philly, Brooklyn. Now, you know, another team we've been talking about all year on the podcast. Phillies in the playoffs. They get knocked off game one by the Nets. Um, A series I was expecting to be competitive. I did not pick the Nets to win. I must be clear. I did not pick the Nets to win this series. I just said it would be competitive. And it has been every single game. Ben Simmons has been called out repeatedly. And it seems like he's kind of stepped up a little bit. In some instances, man. And uh, now... Philly has a 3-1 lead over Brooklyn in this series. Um, because so I'll start with this Justice started, I'll start with Evan this time. How, how you feel about this series?
2: Well, first off, Josh, I'm pissed off at you because you want not bet the money. So <laughs> um,
0: This is why. This is why. I never said they were gonna win. Come on now. You should. I don't remember. I don't remember. Justice,
2: can you beg me on that or you won't pay no attention? Uh, I think he did say that. I think he did predict they were gonna win. Yeah, because after they went up one nothing, he went all on Facebook boasting and bragging. This is why this is my upsell alert. <laughs> all that you did, Josh. I don't remember none of that. I need to check my Facebook again. Hey Josh, I'm gonna give you one more chance because we are going to tag uh, we're gonna tag that screenshot on this post. If you don't admit that you said that Brooklyn was gonna be fifth.
0: Okay, I feel like I said something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I don't think it was exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, uh, upset alert
1: surely indicates you thought uh, Brooklyn was going to beat Philly. I don't know. This ain't Did like,
0: the, the uh, 31
1: points by Ben Simmons in uh, game – what was that, game three? Did that change your mind?
0: Uh, I mean, you know. Hey, damn! You putting them out there? <laughs> Look, ain't nobody worried about Ben Simmons and his Kardashian, you know, on and off situations. You know what I'm saying? Hey, mm-hmm. I, I do. I do want to put
2: this out though. Seriously, I, I do want to say, uh, even though Brooklyn is about to go home tomorrow, uh, D'Angelo Russell is a star. Yeah, he is. He isn't a superstar, but he is a star, and I think that he benefited greatly uh, for getting out of L.A. Sometimes a change of scenery and, and a change of organization is all a player needs. I don't think we would see this D'Angelo Russell. Uh, and, and a lot of it was self-inflicted uh, when he was just bashed in the locker room for things that he did. But, I mean, I, I think this kid has become a star in front of our eyes, and I think him getting out of L.A., I will assume, will add $50 million onto his career uh, in contract money. Uh, that he probably wouldn't have got uh, if he would have stayed in L.A. So if, if him getting out of L.A. was probably a life-changing move for him. Yeah, uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was
1: just going to say, as it relates to Russell, I, I saw him – I just so happened to be in uh, Sacramento when he went for a career high. That dude is good. I, the Lakers, them trading him because of what he did in the locker room, I, I think exchanging him for Swaggy Pete was probably one of the dumbest moves that uh, Magic Johnson could have made. And, and we see where the Lakers are now and where Brooklyn is. Even though Brooklyn's going fishing, uh, they got a start in the Russell. It ain't
2: over yet. But go ahead. Well, I want to say this. The 76ers, when they got uh, Jimmy Butler, was one of my favorites to come out of the East. And I think we saw last game, uh, and I, I you remember when he, when he came, I said he was going to bring a toughness that yep. this team didn't have. And I think that was on display the other night. Um, he got the player off of Joel Embiid. Yeah, you're not, you're not finna go to my young star like that. And you want to know why he didn't defend Cat and Andrew Wiggins the way he defended Joel? Because those guys in Philly go hard. He always complained about those guys in Minnesota being punks and and playing too much. And and, and guys on this podcast will come on and say, Jimmy is a a team killer. He ain't a good teammate. Well, he didn't display that the other night. And it looked like he has his team on the brink of going to the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And, man, check this out. Can you imagine these matchups coming up in the East? I mean, you're going to have Milwaukee and Boston then you're gonna have uh, Philly and Toronto. Man, I'm ready for next week, fellas.
0: No question. No question. The East is a is a is a gauntlet. <laughs> Whoever gets out of that is gonna earn it. There's no question about it.
1: Well, I, I think Jimmy Butler is also probably happy that he's not only starting at shooting guard, but he's essentially the backup point guard. That means more minutes for him. He was plus plus 18 in that in that win. They really needed, which was a swing game in Game Three. Uh, Butler's been really good, and so you know he he's proven that he is a legit guy. But without Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, that team won't go anywhere. They need those two guys at a high level. We saw in the Game Three out of uh, Simmons, and then uh, Embiid followed it up nearly with a triple double. You know, finishing with seven. Uh, re- what do you have? Seven block shots, six assists. Uh, so he was a monster. Uh, Philly's gonna be a tough matchup. They're looking at Boston in that next round, right? No. Philly will be looking at Toronto. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I, th- I think you're going to see. T- Philly should be the odds on favorite to uh, advance. Uh, I think they got some advantages over Toronto in some areas, even though uh, Kyle Lowry, he bounced back from that zero point performance in game one. He's been better in the last couple games, and it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in that second round if they get there.
0: Yeah, the and
1: to- Boston and Milwaukee next series,
0: too. Absolutely. <laughs> No question, no question. Before we get to that, because I'm going to get to that. Um, But OKC and Portland, and these have been uh, taking the headlines for multiple reasons as well. I got Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard going head up, man. And I love that the rivalry seemed to be coming back in some areas. I don't know what's going on, but I like it. You know what I mean? Guys you know, shopping at each other, whatever, going back and forth, physicality, all of that stuff seems to be Prevalent in this series as well, and that game is actually currently going on. Uh, OKC and Portland right now, Portland's up 2 1 in the series, and uh, game four is going on in that series. How are we feeling about OKC and Portland and what we're seeing from uh, both teams, Russell Westbrook and Lillard? Um, strong just justice on this one.
1: Well, first off, the combination of Lillard and McCollum. I don't think many guards – if it's a game where your guards are just trying to go back and forth with them, I think you're going to struggle because they, they're just that good. Um, Westbrook, I, I still feel this and i felt this for years. I think he needs to come off the ball. I think in order for uh, him to be on a team that can get back to the finals, he has to be with other guys that are handling the ball just because he, – he plays so hard. Don't get me wrong. He's he's a tremendous talent offensively. He does rack up the assists and the rebounds. But down the stretch, he takes some, some – uh, Tough shots and make some poor decisions. I would like to see Schroeder with the ball and and them just let him go get fifty and and let uh, Paul George go get thirty. But Schroeder be the guy to kind of dish out the ball as opposed to Westbrook in his hands. I think that's the one adjustment they're gonna have to make. Right now they're trailing uh, to uh, Portland at halftime, fifty to forty-six, and and Portland has a two-one lead. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. What do you think?
2: I think that <laughs> this Oklahoma City Thunder team is just not built to advance far in the playoffs. And I'm sorry, I'm on my get back mode tonight. It was a couple of people on this podcast, I ain't gonna say no names, <laughs> that want to bust out and say, oh, Carmelo made this team look bad last year. He was a ball stopper. Paul George looked like an MVP. And I told y'all, Paul George is the most overrated all star in the NBA. Because he does, he's gonna. He's not going to get far in, in the playoffs. And he isn't a guy who could just put a team on his back. He ain't. He's not that guy. Yeah, but think about
1: it now. Look at this game. The, they're down by four. Russell Westbrook, the point guard, has already taken 14 shots. I mean, he's the guy cheating most of the ball. He's five of 14.
2: So let me ask you this. And that don't mean nothing because the NBA, it, I mean, the possessions per game has doubled probably from 10, 10 years ago. So. I mean, the fact that he's shooting the ball a lot—that's uh, it, it, what Westbrook does. That's a former MVP in the NBA. Give me one I mean, year that he has. He's shot also a guy
1: my. who hadn't been to the, the Western Conference Finals. Uh, matter of fact, he's usually going out in the first round. Mm-hmm. He's not since not since playing—I'm saying he has not been to the Western Conference Finals since playing with Kevin Durant. Since Durant moved I mean,
2: you're you, you, you speaking on the guy. I mean, so what? Kevin Durant went to the Warriors and, and teamed up to win. He couldn't win on his own either. Westbrook, well, the with NBA Finals and the West Coast
1: Finals. Well, at least we, He's at least, been least we both nice. agree that he can't win on his own. He can't take a team deep on his, by himself. He needs other I guys. Help
0: him. I said Kevin Durant. Okay. Well, look, I'll put it this way Westbrook. I, I have no hate for Westbrook at all, but. I mean, the guys around him are just not really stepping up in this series, man. And I don't know if this got to do with the amount of shots he's taken or what. But Paul George, the the reason why they were doing so well is because Paul George was uncanny at how well he was playing this past year. I mean, it seemed like he had taken that next step that people want him to take. It seemed like Westbrook was kind of taking a bit of a backseat, being more of a point guard while letting. Paul George, take the big shots, take more shots, and be the primary scorer while Westbrook did other things. Uh, but now, I don't know if Westbrook feels like he has to shoot more because uh, his teammates aren't stepping up, or what the case is. But it's it's not looking too good right now.
2: Okay. Believe in Paul George. I'll be back on the next week talking to us.
0: And hey, what level is that way? Uh Hey,
1: hey, I I hadn't really said too much about Paul George. I just Dude, know we got we on the archives.
2: Y'all were on this podcast, you two, and I could bring up the date and we can attach it to the podcast and we put it out tomorrow. Y'all were on this podcast saying the team is way better without Melo. He was a non-defensive player. He was a ball stopper, and Paul George is the MVP of the NBA at that time. That came from y'all. I <laughs> laughed. <laughs> no, it's not he never be
1: with well, the when, when Westbrook is playing as the best player, OKC is the worst team. When Paul George was the best player, they were a much better team. What, what I, I think they got to get back to that. I think they've got to get back to that, though. Just. What evidence
2: do you have of that? Regular season wins? That shit don't count. Both of them has been with OKC the last two years. It doesn't matter about regular season wins. You have to produce in the playoffs. And dude, don't show up in the playoffs. Period. I think it was a stat out there, like a year or two ago. I feel this man hasn't ever hit a game winner in the playoffs, ever. He's 0 for life,
1: oh. ever.
2: That's our MVP.
1: Hey, he, he's the same guy that went to the free throw line fourteen to seventeen in that last win. Uh, but Paul George, I mean, he you he mind going to talk about free throws? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he was he was plus 10, 20 points. Now he's look, he shot a poor three of sixteen from the field. You know he got to <laughs> he got to go hunt for shots playing with Westbrook. It's not like Westbrook is gonna feed it to him. You know Westbrook took twenty two. He has got to hunt for shots playing with Westbrook. That's he just, had like the a opportunity time. to be the man in Indiana. He
2: couldn't hit no game winners.
1: Man, come on. Yeah, we'll but he had team. his t- he had his team in the in the Western Con- or the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Yeah, they were right there. With we we, just,
1: we we haven't seen Westbrook do that without a, without another superstar. Oh, the team in the Conference finals. And I'm gonna use one of
2: y'all on y'all now. I'm gonna use y'all lot. It's easy to do it in the East. It was easy to do it in
1: the East. Well, I, I think that applies to Jimmy Butler because he sure couldn't do it in the West. Now he moves to the East. Oh, so, you know. But I mean, he's playing. with the am just – now
2: here, where I got to get you, and we're going to move on. <laughs> Jimmy Butler did more because he took a team that had been to the playoffs since Cameron Garnett in the West in his first season that took him to the playoffs. All, uh, the only full season Jimmy had, because he, he got traded within 15 games the season, the only full season Jimmy had in the West, he took them boys to the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. So, man, you you really
1: put your foot in your mouth on that one. because But, but going he, to the playoffs is it on, really – Don't come me off, man. you wrong. You got to admit you playoffs, Hey, man, going to the playoffs, you get bounced. Come on, man. Okay. On to the playoffs. I mean, since when does that matter? Yeah, yeah. So what man. you mean? Y'all sound
2: crazy. Look, what do you mean – what does that matter? Let me ask y'all how it is. Do y'all remember the first time the Grizzlies made the playoffs in Memphis? Oh yeah, They
1: actually they won the series. Let me finish. Oh, wait. You talking about the They like, did not. The Tony Allen they took them three playoff series
2: to win a series. They got swept their first three playoffs. Come on, man. Don't do me like I don't know this. Look, man. The reason why I meant something to Minnesota because he came in with some young guys who didn't know how to play. He taught them how to compete. He went in defensive-minded and he helped a Franchise. Don't tell me he didn't ball out. They haven't been in the playoffs in over a decade. And you're gonna tell me just because they lost in the first round, he didn't do nothing? Man, miss me with that. He also took Carl after the okay, to call.
0: But Paul Jordan couldn't get bounced in the first round. He ain't nothing.
2: We can chop it up like that.
0: I'm just saying but Jimmy Butler out here doing the Derek Fisher taking folk girl. You know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, you know what I mean? Look, it's it's a whole other time now. I don't know about this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jimmy's doing his thing in Philly with Ben Simmons and those boys. I don't know if they'll get out the second round because I got something to say about Boston a little bit as well. Uh, folks, to watch out for, man. But they i playing Boston. Man. I know that's what I'm saying. They will. When they will? When they do? Then we'll see. But all right. Uh, let's see next. Boston has star power. They do. I'm just going ahead and say right. <laughs> okay. I got Boston going to the NBA finals. Let's say that right now. Put a hundred up. Look, we'll talk about that later. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> all right. Now another thing we've been talking about all year. Nuggets, Denver Nuggets, the number two seed in the Western Conference. Taking on the Spurs, man, and another competitive series is tied at two as of right now. Are we surprised at uh the Spurs, how well they're looking, Ryan? And uh, they got this guy that's been they seemingly found out of nowhere, has turned into a, a really good player for the Spurs as well. I hear dunking on I think I was uh was that Paul Millsap he dunked on uh the other day, man. But how are we feeling about Nuggets Spurs series? And,
1: let, uh, let him take it, man. He's been talking about my Nuggets all year, man. Let him take it. What's up? <laughs>
2: Mean, y'all know how I feel about it, but I'm I'm gonna say this about the uh, man. Everybody is a star in his system. Like I really need to just sit down with Dude for about a month and just watch him because everybody's a star in his system. So that that guy can just coach, and I think that's probably why San Antonio is going to win this series. Uh, I'm not gonna go hard on Denver. I've been saying the same thing all year. We've seen this Denver team before. Uh, Nick Wright said it best they're the best pretend contender in the NBA and I've been saying it all year there's no need to come on here and just keep going on about it and it it was just really obvious give me one team within the last 20 years who advanced far into the NBA without a superstar they don't have one they, they don't have one, and we've seen this Denver Nuggets team before when everybody was bashing Melo when they left. After he took them to the Western Conference Finals. They won 50 games. Oh, they moved the ball better without Melo. Danilo Gallinari, I remember they were trying to put him as the next big thing out of from, from international players, and he choked in front of the They choked in the front of round. And And George Carr, he talked so bad about Melo, wrote a book about him, and he, and he lost in the first round with him. And it's just going to happen when you don't have a perennial superstar, especially in the West. You're not going to advance far. Then you have coaches like Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, uh, Doc Rivers, who's done a great job with the Clippers this year. You're not going to get by with sub all-stars and mediocre talent. Uh, and, and they have some young, good talent, but their bench isn't that deep. So it's not a surprise. I, I actually thought Denver would probably – Ease past San Antonio. I had Denver like in the seven game series. But after seeing them really supposed to be down 3-1, uh, I got I got Denver losing the series.
0: Ooh, man. And that's after uh Denver, I believe, has won the last game. 117-103 to tie the series after uh kind of being in a dangerous situation there. Now Justice, these your boys. You know what I mean? You've been riding with the Nuggets. You know, you got your 20 20- the, the-, the Finals. Hey.
1: They they bounced back. They bounced back when they needed to, down, down two one against a veteran group, and, and they bounced back uh with a double digit uh victory at home. I, I think the Nuggets have an opportunity to kind of right the ship, but I, I said it and I'll say it again. You gotta play through Nikola Jokic. Twenty nine points, twelve rebounds, eight assists in that last game. They're gonna need more of that if they're going to beat the Spurs, who, as we know, under Greg Popovich, they just find guys out of the blue. Uh, You know, this year it's it's Forbes. You know, it's been other guys. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is still there. Uh, And then, of course, DeMar DeRozan, who I think is one of the best mid-range guys in the game, along with Aldridge. But Denver, you know, they finally got some production out of uh, Jamal Murray. He's got to be good as well. 24 points, eight rebounds, uh, or six, six assists, two boards, eight of 14 from the field against uh, San Antonio in game four. Game five is pivotal for the Nuggets. I don't think they can come back and win this series if they don't win uh, game five. Well, game five is at home,
2: so they should win. They should. Right now, with Denver winning on the road uh, last game, all they have to do is take her home. They could drop game six in San Antonio.
1: I was under the impression that uh, Denver – had game one and two at home And then two
2: and three or four on the road They're going back home for game five That's what I just
1: said
2: Okay. All they have to do is win, it take her home yeah. If they win game five And lose game six If they protect home Win the next two games at home Even if they drop one on the road Which would be game six
1: yeah.
2: They win So this, this really right here is a test To see if this young group Is ready for postseason play Because you're supposed to be able to take home In the playoffs so I'm intrigued to see, uh, and I, I've said this before. I don't dislike Denver. I just didn't see it this year.
1: Well, I'm intrigued I mean, to see if they're going to take her home. A key adjustment that they made is Will Barton is now coming off the bench. I think Evan, you alluded to that early in the season. W- without him, uh, what that team was doing, and now it seems that uh, they're going with Craig, uh, and and he responded 18 points eight rebounds, six and nine from the field. That was a key adjustment that could be pivotal in this series with Torrey Craig at the starting and uh, small forward with Barton coming off the bench. We know Barton's going to shoot the ball, so he, go, he goes three for ten in that game, gets 12 points, but in, not in the starter's role. They're going to need more of that if, if they're going to beat the
0: Spurs. That's what's up, man. Craig on 420. You know what I mean? Had a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what you
1: said, man. It's Friday, and we ain't got nothing to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. man. Ain't got nothing to do, just score eighteen points. You know what I mean? It's like I got a man named Craig, man. He just got a got a ball out, man. But shout out to uh to the Nuggets and everything. And shout out to Derek White too. I don't know where this guy came from for the Spurs, man. It's been playing well. Didn't have a great game yesterday, but it's kinda of came on. At, Become another one of those uh, Greg Popovich guys he finds and just they just play well all of a sudden. Uh, so it's pretty unbelievable. And I got to say another thing. I'm looking at the roster. I had no clue. Only Grizz fans would know this guy. Quincy Pondexter was on the Spurs roster. I mean, it's, it's just kind of. I guarantee he's not playing. No, nah, no. Nah, I always thought he was kind of, you know, man named Pondexter, you know what I'm saying? It's just not a good look. But anyway, yeah, he, yeah, he, he was definitely some slow. Definitely. Definitely, man. No question. But that's going to be a good series to watch. No question about that. Now to another series. West Coast again. Clippers-Warriors. 3-1 as of right now. Warriors seem to be taking care of business after the the one loss to the, to the Clippers. And I thought the Clippers would get one out of this series. I don't think they'll get another one uh, to be honest with you. But Looking at the Warriors, man, I feel like they are susceptible still you know, to get knocked off by somebody. That's just Can me. I
2: take this one first? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I won't take this one first. I've said this for plenty of years. Uh, and since they fired uh, my guy, Mark Jackson, who the Grizzlies need to hit up, I know my guy Justice spoke with him personally before about that. I'll let Justice tell that story, but I will reach out anyway if you're not going to get money, Williams. But i said this since Mark Jackson left. All you got to do is be physical with the Warriors. That's all you got to do. That's it. And Adam Silver and David Stern, when he was in, in the first portion of that run, they didn't want nobody to be physical with them boys. Mm-hmm. They made the NBA a punk league. That's what they did. And Patrick Beverly is bringing it back to that mud, man. That's what the NBA need to get back to, physicality. Yep. That, that's what made the game fun. All you got to do is punk them guys because them guys, they the type if you hit them in the mouth, they going to call the police. You want to cool. know the reason why? They talk noise in the middle of a game because they know the referee is going to break it up in the NBA. firing. That's why. That's why you know they, they complain. Yeah, those guys ain't tough. But I'm going I'm to tell you this. Doc Rivers has done a hell of a job with Man. the Clippers. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. They shouldn't have. And I, I really think that's just a testament to his coaching. I think that's a testament to those guys' grind. And watch out for the Clippers next year because they got some money, man, for a couple of max contracts. If I'm Kawhi, that's a very appealing place for me coming in off season. But I'm going to say this. This
1: is the reason why I want to go. Well, we, we've seen uh, KD-led teams do this before against the Grizzlies, if you think back to when Tony Allen used to put the clamps on him. And <laughs> – Usually when his back is finally against the wall and some headline comes out or the media really, really goes in on KD, he usually responds in that game. Uh, and and he did it against the Clippers. KD. What are you talking about? Well, I, I think what was happening, Beverly was in him. And, and I I think that was game two when they made the 31-point comeback, largest comeback in NBA history. Beverly was in it, And I mean, KD wasn't taking shots. He was just throwing the ball away, just passing it turning the ball over, he comes back in the next game and he clearly showed you Patrick Beverly cannot guard him. I think it's it's KD just A, being soft, and B, finally saying, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take 25, 30 shots. If KD shoots the ball 25, 30 times, a team that he's leading is usually going to win. No, I just think in, in that series, in, in that game, in game two, he only took nine shots. And how, who, who can keep Kevin Durant from scoring except for Kevin Durant?
2: Can I tell you? All right. Kawhi Leonard. Can I give you another one? Giannis.
0: Mm.
2: Can I give you another
1: one? Go
2: ahead. Jimmy. Do you no, want me to keep going? Did, did,
1: did, what did Kawhi Leonard do against <laughs> KB the year
2: oh, they won the time? Oh, oh, oh. Let me finish, man, because I was about to make a point that you jumped in. You remember last year, and I'm going to be finished with it because we'll let the games play out. But you saying a team that KD's lead, they're going to win hell now. Nah. That's why KD left OKC because he couldn't win being a leader. Like, that's why he had to go get hella help. That ain't
1: true. Well, we know he was playing with Russell Westbrook.
2: That, justice, the only time that KD played with that Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, they ass lost to the damn Grizzly in the first round,
1: man. Come on. Quit playing! You're like I don't know. Doesn't he have two NBA Finals MVPs? I mean, you went and got the monsters and joined with him. Did, did he not hand down, man down on LeBron a couple times when it mattered most?
2: Bruh, come on! How many times did LeBron kill that man? Uh, I, we we gonna say that we can go back to when they beat him um, when he
0: was with OKC okay in the finals. Yeah, LeBron did own KD up until
2: that point. i'm like, like that ain't true. That ain't true. Come on, man. Yesterday was 420, I we don't
1: think do. anybody can stop Kevin Durant when okay. he really wants You to cannot get think Buggers. that, but we got hella film showing that they can. Well, they, they can't do it and win titles. That much we do know. Justice,
2: every team that they lost to in the playoffs almost has won the title minus the degrees. They lost to the Heat. They won the title.
1: They lost to the Warriors in the West Coast Finals. They, they won the title. They now, lost I'm, to- I'm referring to this current version of the Golden State Warriors led by Kevin Durant.
2: Dude, it's, it don't matter if Kevin Durant was there. They were winning without KD. we speaking specifically on KD, period. A team that was led with KD when he didn't join four other All-Stars, they were not winning,
0: period. I'm going to tell you something just, just to interject for a minute. I always felt like, man, KD was just been overrated from the jump. People call him the second best. I honestly don't even believe he's the second best player in the league right now. I really don't. You know what I mean? It, it, it's too easy to get him off his game. He's incredibly talented. He's the best scorer <laughs> in the NBA. He's. No, he's in the NBA. See, that's up for debate right now. I can't. I can't deny KD's talent. I'm just saying mentally Man, you and war, bro. No, but mentally and physically, you can get in on KD and he'll shrivel up. And, and go hide somewhere. That's what Beverly did. It reminded me just like, and I got to say, when Tony Allen locked him up that year, you know, they called him Mr. Unreliable, was uh, the headline, and then he had to try to show out a little bit. But I'm just saying, man, and I do agree with you, that they got to be physical with the Warriors. And if the Clippers had a little bit more time, then I think that would be more of a, a competitive series. That, that's why I was
2: getting to a point of saying that, I, if you remember last year, pre-Chris Paul injury. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, the uh, Rockets were going to beat Golden State. I think everybody thinks that. I'm yeah. calling them an upset. I think Golden State goes out in the second round of the NBA playoffs this year. I think Houston getting that ass next round. Mm.
0: They played them in the second
2: round this year. Yes, sir. Wow. <laughs> Houston started off slow, man, when CP3 got hurt. When he came back, they took off. And once again, People on this podcast was saying Chris Paul didn't mean nothing to that team. He's old. He's injury prone. He ain't this. He ain't that. They better without him. When that man came back, they took off. If he stays healthy in that playoff series, I got Houston beating Golden State. And if they don't, we can make a
1: bet. i give y'all whatever y'all want. But but Houston has always been capable of uh, beating Golden State full strength with with, uh, Chris Paul. I mean, we saw that last year.
0: Yeah, so I say now
1: most of these receipts. Ever just got a whole stack of receipts? Yeah, that- I mean it's only two guys on the podcast.
2: <laughs> I don't like name dropping. I ain't the fish, now. I, I just leave it up for the fans to go in the archives. Like that. <laughs> You know
0: what I'm saying? You gonna say it's two other guys? I mean, come on, man. But look, all I know is I don't remember talking bad about CP. I oh, remember- man. I don't remember doing that. I remember. You know, that CP3 was killing them boys. You know? It wasn't you. It was the other guy on the
1: podcast. They're a better team without Chris Paul. Hmm. I'm going to pull up the episode,
0: man. Let's play
1: play, play it on the next show.
0: Let's do it. Say less. Let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody's dying to play some some clips for a minute. So, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like I don't remember that one. You know what I mean?
2: I can give you the specific quote if I need to.
0: I believe you. I bet you got all this stuff written down, you know, in, in at the house, you know, on a, on a whiteboard. As soon as we're saying something, like right now, you probably writing down what I'm saying right now.
2: It's actually a yellow notebook, but
0: you can go ahead. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I knew it. See, you know, just be sure you don't forget 20 yesterday I don't know if you, but, uh, all right <laughs> so next man uh, I guess we just got the series that are basically over Bucks Pistons I feel like that's over um yeah, it. it's it's DOA um uh, Giannis is just a, a monster at this point he almost displays and I know different types of players but to me, I almost compare him to Shaq as far as his physical dominance. You know what I mean? He doesn't even have to leave the block most of the time. He's just going to dunk all over you. What he was doing to Thon Maker, his former teammate, by the way, was just criminal. Um, I guess <laughs> I guess Detroit was trying to put somebody long on him, but it just didn't work. Thon, man. Uh, yeah, he just disrespected him over and over.
2: Hey, can, 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 can I throw out a quote real quick, man, if y'all don't mind? that yeah. I saw um, from a fan on Twitter, and I use it on quote fan, But it was an interesting uh, quote, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. The Jazz, the Pistons, it was another team. It was the Jazz, the Pistons, and the Pacers. And he said, all three teams are down 0-3, which the Pacers are eliminated now. And all of them had an opportunity to trade for Mike Conley, but didn't. Do you think he would have made a difference in the other series for those teams? I think he could have made a difference in the Pacers series.
1: I agree. Yeah. Because if you put him in the backcourt <laughs> with, say, Tyreek Evans and uh, obviously Corey Joseph, Darren Collison, yeah. they're a lot better. Uh, they really missed uh, Victor Oladipo. I think it would have been a much closer series had Oladipo had played. So he's one guy. <laughs> seven, seven, seven games. Yeah. I don't think that the Pistons. Uh, I'm not sure.
0: I don't think you can do it. It's not yeah. like
1: Mike Conley can guard degree free.
0: No way. No way. I mean the Pistons. They would need a lot more than Mike Conley. Yeah. I mean they, they're just they're just not good not at all. Uh, and then Blake, you know hobbling with a a big old knee brace trying to play. Uh, it was it was just kind of embarrassing. Now I will tell you this: Utah. I think he'd have made a, a somewhat of a difference. To me, I'm not saying they you know they wouldn't have a chance to beat Houston, I'm not saying that. Utah. But it would be more competitive. I agree. would be better than, with Ricky Rubio because mm-hmm. there's a no scoring at all outside of uh, Donovan Mitchell. And, and, and I ain't gonna name drop, but my guy
2: Justice had to go oh Lord, man, we we ain't gonna speak on Rubio. He he just he 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 argued so many people about Rubio, it was ridiculous. Wait, and, me? Yeah, you people were trying him, to say we on, need to trade for Ricky behalf? Rubio. On his behalf? No. Nah, listen, Justice. I was saying you was going at people for saying that we needed Ricky Rubio. We did. We didn't ever need Ricky Rubio in Memphis. What, never in life.
1: Needed Ricky Rubio? Oh, yeah. I think they I, I think they wanted him in the trade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And right. Justice kept
2: telling them, like, that's not a piece that we need. I think it's kind of showing why he kept saying
1: that. It. No, it, it, it was uh, it was the other kid though. Uh, they was they were insisting that they put Exum in the trade. I will tell you, Exum. That's what yeah, it was. It was Exum, and I was like, and you see, I mean, did he do anything in that series?
0: Nothing. He more trash than Rubio. See, look, I'm gonna tell you, and this is why. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, go in, but this is why I think with Memphis. Okay, with some Memphis fans. Some Memphis basketball fans are not nearly as smart as they think they are. Not even close. Not even close. You know, there's some of them. You know, there's a lot of smart ones, a lot of intelligent ones, but the people that are out here defending trying to get Dante Exum for Mike Conley, like that's some type of equal trade, are not the ones that need to be. Yeah, I mean, the best players you would have gotten in that deal from uh, would have been Derek Favre. Mm-hmm. Alright guys, and uh, the next topic I want to get to uh, before we end the show here on the Deliberation Sports Podcast is recruiting um, and specifically when it comes to uh, college basketball and everything uh, and the Memphis Tigers a lot of stuff going on, a lot of possibilities out there right now um, from everybody from uh, Precious Achua if I'm saying his name right, Lester Keonis Trenton Watford uh, R.J. Hampton. There's just so many so many pots, irons in the fire for Memphis and possibilities that could end up happening. Uh, what do you think? You got Precious coming on an official visit uh, Monday uh, as well, looking to see what happens with Trenton. This pushes commitment back a little bit. How are we feeling about where the Tigers are and Coach Penny Hardaway are right now with all these guys? And who, who would be realistic? Uh, when it comes to uh, possibilities of bringing in uh, Whoever wants to go first.
1: David, you want to take it?
2: Yeah, I'll take
0: it. Uh, right now, I think
2: with the current class of James Wiseman, DJ Jeffries, uh, who both look really well in the Jordan Classic, mm-hmm. uh, Damien Barr Malcolm Dandridge, uh, you're right now sitting with a top-10 class nationally. Uh, right now, you're in the mix for uh, five-star Precious Achua, five star Trendan Wofford, four star Lester Key on ass, and five star uh, who's thinking of RJ Hampton, who's thinking about reclassifying for 2019. Mm-hmm. I think they get three out of the four. Me personally. Mm-hmm. I think they end up with Precious Achua, who's oh. going to be on the group. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I don't think it's saying that. Go ahead. No,
0: go ahead. Yeah.
2: All right, uh, I was saying I think they end up with Precious Chua, who's gonna be mm-hmm. on a visit Monday, uh, which should be the day when we drop this uh podcast. Mm-hmm. If I'm Penny, I'm, I'm I'm doing my best to wrap this up. He, he, I think I need a commitment before he leaves campus. And we're in the middle of a signing period now. We need ink to paper. Yeah, you gotta lock this guy down. Exactly. Uh, the reason why why I think that's the case, because I don't think we get Trender Waffle uh in Memphis. I think Will Wade being reinstated – he was a, he an LSU lean anyway before Will Wade got suspended. Yeah. Uh, he he was only leaning towards Memphis because it was looking like Will Wade was going to get fired, which is not looking like that anymore. Uh, they don't have a probable cause to fire him. Uh, you fire him, you're going to have to pay him $10 million, and that's mm-hmm. just stupid to do if you're LSU. So I think we need to get precious because I think Trenton Wofford is heading to LSU. And I think we end up with Lester Kionas. And I think RJ Hampton ends up reclassifying and going to 2019, and he'll be a Tiger, which I'm okay with. But I would love for him to stay in 2020, and we possibly end up with RJ Hampton and Jalen Green in the backcourt together. But uh, I think those guys have done real well. Uh, and and I think that if they get three or four, uh, they're having the number one recruit class in America, top three
1: for sure.
0: Interesting. Uh, what do you
1: think, Justice? Well, I think the possibility of getting presses to chua has, has strengthened the fact that they got a late visit. We know yeah. he came on an unofficial visit to uh, the University of Memphis back during uh, Memphis Madness in the fall. For him to come back this late in the game after visiting uh, the likes of uh, North Carolina and some of the other programs that have been recruiting him, I think says a lot about the star power of Penny Hardaway and about that coaching staff and Mike Miller and guys like that. Preston Sechua wants to go to the NBA. And and what better place to do it than Memphis, who's in the American Conference. It's a tough conference, but it's not the ACC. I think he has a better chance of, of putting up monster numbers uh, alongside James Wiseman. We know there's going to be 20, 30 scouts at every game. Uh, and so why not play alongside a guy like him? And and I know the Tigers are going to try to reel him in. But when you look at Trendon Wofford, I think the signs are pointing towards uh, him looking at LSU. And the Jordan classic mention of the game not being televised, he had to know that coming into the game. It's not like it, it just, uh, you know, he, he just found it. So I'm not sure that's a realistic uh, or that's actually true. I feel like it, it kind of deflecting a little bit and mm-hmm. used uh, Will Wade's reinstatement as an opportunity to to essentially reaffirm that, uh, which was a soft lean to LSU. yeah. And LSU traditionally got guys. So it's not yeah. like they didn't land. Uh, Chris Jackson back in the day, and Shaquille O'Neal, and Ben Simmons, uh, Tyrus Thomas. LSU gets guys. They've done it uh, throughout the years, and and I think uh, Trenton Wofford is, is leaning in that direction. But you know they had an additional in-home visit with uh, Lester Keonez, who uh, appears to be a, a, a tiger, a guy that could become a tiger. And if they don't land him, uh, they're going to get another good guard. There, there's some grad transfers that are out there like Ray John Tucker, who played at Little Rock, um, who even though he's declared for the NBA draft, he could come back if he doesn't get the feedback he wants. There's also the South Dakota uh, transfer that could potentially come in. So they, they're they going to land a guy. And uh, R.J. Hampton as well is another guy that I think he either ends up at Memphis or Kansas. Uh, he won't go to Duke. He won't be at Kentucky. It's either Memphis or, ha- or Kansas for the services of uh, R.J. Hampton.
2: Whenever you're involved with this many guys, as Memphis is right now, you're going to land some. Yeah. <laughs> I mean – you're not going to go uh over for all these guys. That's just not going to happen. I think his batting average is going to be pretty damn good, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and we're not even going to get into 2020. But if you look at some of the guys they're in with on 2020, oh, my gosh. Ooh, man. This thing could take off and take off for a long, long time under, under Penny Hardaway, man.
0: You know, it's amazing how quick things can change when you get the right coach in and the right group of guys in there you know, you immediately go from, you know, competing on one level with recruits all the way to the very top of the food chain in a year, essentially. Um, you're in with all the best guys. You got the number one recruit in the country, you know, and, and all this other stuff, man. I mean, just looking at next year from last year to this year, I mean, it looks like there's going to be a huge jump in talent and depth. On this team, no matter who you end up getting and how it shakes out, but um, how do you think that plays into the team next year? I mean, I mean, it's going to be hard to not have expectations when you have the monster amount of talent, no matter how young they are, coming in next year.
2: Um, I, I don't think, I think that's what I don't think it's an issue. I think that's what you want. I, I was out of mindset that, um, man, we don't want to build up expectations too high for Penny. I, I, I'm i I'm starting to shy away from that. And I, I'm going a little off uh, from this, uh, but I remember uh, listening to Rex Ryan. I'm going to hop sports real quick. Yeah, yeah. He said uh, to his New York Jets team, and if you remember, his Jets team were pretty good to start off. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, there is no more going under the radar. He said, from now on, expectations are going to be high. Get used to it. That's the best way to be. And I agree with him uh, because my expectations are how that mean you're doing something right. Uh, if you got to fly under the radar all the time, man, nobody trusts that you got your program going in the right direction. So I'm glad that expectations are going to be high in Memphis. The great coaches always rise to high expectations. Yep. Period. Yep. So if you're going to have those type of recruits in, we're not going to be happy with just the round of 64 next year. Definitely not. That's not how that works. And I, it will be a disappointment. I'm pretty sure Penny will tell you that nobody has a what will potentially be a top five recruiting class. It doesn't typically lead into a first round exit. It usually leads into second weekends uh, at minimum. Yeah. So I'm I'm cool with the expectations. I know Penny cool with him because he he's won at every level. He's been at whether it's playing or coaching. So we're talking about a guy who's been to an NBA Finals, a guy who's won an Olympic gold medal. This guy knows what he's doing. So. I'm cool with the expectations, and I'm tur- – for next year, man, this this is going to be a great season, I feel. I'm not going to say that they're going to go to the final four. I'm not saying they're going
0: to win the next championship.
2: But I'm saying that this is going to be a really good team, and this won't be just the first weekend team next
0: year. Yeah. I mean, it's good just to be in the discussion for that. You know what I mean? Just to be in the discussion of top teams in the country, to be in discussion for the top players. And, you know, like I say, that was a goal of Pennies to get the program back the national relevance. I Man, mean, Fox, are, Fox Sports
2: Basketball already has them as their recruiting class right now. And what's returning? Preseason number seven in the country. Wow. That is true. Preseason. They haven't added none of the other pieces that we're talking about they could potentially add. You have mm. other websites, I believe CBS Sports, they have them top 20 in America. Yeah. With the recruiting class they have now. So this is not just us pumping this up.
0: Mm. Not at all. This is real. This is real, man. No question. Now, uh, before we switch gears uh, to one last thing, will you compare what they have the potential to get to past recruiting classes at Memphis? Is there any you can compare it to? And I know this is before we see them actually hit the court, but if he gets what he could potentially get, would this be best recruiting class in the history of the school I think it ranks right up there. I mean,
1: there was a time where they signed Kendrick Perkins and Quintel Woods, two guys that jumped directly to the pros to be there. But there wasn't a rule in place that, at the time that made sure kids go to school. And so if that rule wasn't in place now, it's, it's highly likely that James Wiseman would be entering the draft. And some of yeah. the other guys they're in contention for, like Preston Chua, would be entering the draft based on their either McDonald's All-American performances in which both guys you know, were dominant in either that game or in the Jordan brand Classic. So, uh, but uh, this class is, is w- when it shakes out, I think it's going to be right there with that Joe Jackson class that, you know, was top ranked. And, uh, but we, we know that, that probably didn't pan out like, like respected. So uh, on paper, I think it, you got to look at it because James Wiseman is the clear cut number one player in the country. No doubt about it. You know, I know they see, I see Anthony Edwards ahead of him in mock draft, but James Wiseman is the best player in America and I think he's going to be a strong odds-on favorite to potentially be the number one pick in the 2020 draft.
0: Definitely, definitely. I don't know how many times Wiseman has to prove it, man. I mean, going out there co-MVP of the Jordan Grand Classic, looking great again out there, uh, no question. But last thing I want to get to, Mike Anderson, former Arkansas head coach, is now at St. John's. Head coach uh, up there taking uh, that job. Did that surprise you guys? And I'm going to tell you this. Um, I was a little bit surprised at some of the reactions that I saw on social media to him getting that job. And I'm just kind of leaving it at that because I know Evan wants to talk about that, man. But go ahead, E. What, what do you think about uh, Mike Anderson, the former Arkansas coach, taking the St. John's job and some of the reactions to it?
2: Well, It, it wasn't uh, just a lot of people. It was, it was one specific guy. Who act like Mike Anderson took his wife, and it was Jeff Goodman uh, over at the stadium. It was pathetic. It was ridiculous, and he had one damn valid reason to feel like that. His reason was because Mike Anderson has no New York tie when he's already in the mix of hiring one of the most prestigious AU athletic direct, uh, one of the most prestigious AAU directors in the city of New York to come onto his staff. That's stupid. That's ridiculous, and that's dumb. John Calipari was an East Coast guy. When he came to Memphis, he was from up east. He coached at UMass. He coached under Larry Brown at the Philadelphia 76ers. And guess what? He came down to little old Memphis in the south and built a goddamn monster. So Mm -hmm. don't come to me talking about just because you're not from an area, you don't have connects to an area, you can't win. That shit is dumb and stupid. If you just didn't want the guy to get the job, just say you didn't want the guy to get the job. Because some of the candidates that he publicly, publicly backed, Mike Anderson has a better track record. He's coached at three schools so far. He coached four years at UAB. He won 68% of his games. He went to three NCAA tournaments in four years and went to a a Sweet 16 with a UAB squad that was in Conference USA. All right? He coached at Missouri for five years. He went to three NCAA tournaments and went to a Elite Eight. Uh, That team with Kim English and them, they were loaded. And you want to know the only reason why he started off slow? Because he inherited a bad situation when he went into Missouri. Terrible. He was at Arkansas eight years. He went to three NCAA tournament, won 62% of his games, but he inherited a bad situation from John Pelfrey, who did terrible there. Who took over from Stan Heath, who did terrible there. So he replaced two coaches who weren't up to the job, did terrible, Weren't making any NCAA tournaments. It took him two years to get his own recruiting classes in. Two, you want to know what happened? His last six years, they made three NCAA tournaments and two NITs. He went to the postseason five out of six seasons. So don't tell me this man isn't up for a St. John's job and that program had not been nothing in the last 20 damn years. Nothing. Period. They're blessed to have Mike Anderson. They're triple blessed to have Mike Anderson. Jeff Goodman has a personal bias against Mike Anderson. It's clear as day. If you look at his comments, a lot of the St. John's fans are saying, we're happy to have Mike Anderson. Yeah. That guy can coach. Don't you guys know that this man has been coaching over 15 years and never had a losing season? Just let this sink in for a second. Not one time he's coached in the Conference USA when Conference USA were good when they had Cincinnati rolling, UNC Charlotte under Bobby Lutz, when they had John Calipari here, Bob Huggins was at Cincinnati, Rick Pitino yeah. was at Louisville. He never had a losing season in their conference. Rick he McGill never had a losing season mix. in the Big 12 or a losing season in the SEC. So don't tell me it's overly qualified for a St. John's job where Chris Mullin just two years ago went 8-24. and Miss me with that, man. I think it's embarrassing to Jeff Goodman Kraft that he's going after that man like that, and I think he definitely owe that man an apology because he is definitely way
0: overqualified to coach St. John's right now. Absolutely, I can't. I can't. I don't know if I can say anything else to that man. I mean, that's just a hundred percent. You know, they just East, East Coast bias. Uh, yeah, they think that a guy
1: from the you know that comment it just rubbed me the wrong way that a coach who's coached. Uh, in Missouri, Alabama, and Arkansas as the head coach of St. John's, as if, uh, you know, he's not qualified to go in the New York area and win games. And to be honest, he's the best coach they have in 30 years, <laughs> yep. you know, since they were in the uh, Final Four back with Memphis State, uh, Georgetown, and Villanova when it was three Big East teams. I mean, since then, uh, you know, St. John's has not been the same. They tried to win, back, win it with uh, Chris Muller, you know, bring back some of the glory, and, and he just wanted out of there. So, yep. they better be glad they got Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson can coach. Uh yep. he he's out-coached the John Calipari's of the world. We've seen it. And so, uh I think he's going to he's going to do well in in New York and uh I I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him coaching up against
0: Coach K on the neutral site. Absolutely. I can't wait, man. It's outstanding to see a guy like that get a job like that, man. And you hate to see some uh comments like that, but You already know it's just going to motivate him even more. Not that he needed it, but you already know that's just going to fire up him and fire up that fan base uh, to get behind a great coach, man. So definitely congrats to Mike Anderson, and uh, he's going to do big things up there, I believe. No question about it. But, uh, man, that's going to do it for this edition of the Liberation Sports Podcast. Man, we appreciate y'all for listening, for checking us out, for downloading the podcast, subscribing. Uh, doing all that, man, uh, and hanging out with us on today. Whatever day you're listening, whatever time, we appreciate it, man. And just as last time, let the people know how they can follow the show and uh, everything about Follow us on Twitter, Deliberation SP1, uh,
1: Instagram, Facebook, and Deliberation Sports Podcast. Also, we got the Facebook group, uh, Deliberation Sports Community. And also subscribe, uh, Anch- Anchor Podcast, Apple Podcast. Spotify, which is very popular out there, also uh, Google Podcasts. Just look for the Liberation Sports Podcast, and and if you want to hear Evan uh, crown LeBron James.
2: <laughs> hey, I got I got one more thing before we get off. Uh, y'all, Paul George star studded Oklahoma City Thunder down six two late in the fourth. I just want to let you guys know. I, I'm not an OKC fan. First off, I'm sure I didn't say that. I said Paul George star. That's all I said. Y'all said Paul George the man. He's finna be down Hey, for hey LeBron oh. brought a team down from 3-1 against the best team record-wise in history. So we're going to see if Paul George can do it against Dame Blitter and CJ McCollum. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, hey, look, see, the, the, the blasphemy. But look, this is the truth, Paul, <laughs> the blasphemy. Paul George, you know, I ain't trying to defend him, but he got 23 points. He's leading OKC in points right now. Look like he's trying to do what he can do. He's leading you know him to the am We good. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a whole nother thing. Man, blame Nolan's Noel. You know what I mean? Man I got two points. That's probably the problem. Bro, bro Casey. Blame Raymond. <laughs> Raymond felt it. I didn't know he was still in the league. Blame him. He ain't doing nothing. But anyway, we're going to end the show. Before I go in, man. We appreciate y'all for listening, and uh, we'll be back next time.